Welcome to the Maniverse Podcast with your host, Tom Traplin. This is session number 33. You know, with every mistake, there's opportunity, right? Mm-hmm. You know, the, the goal in business and, and life in general is to only, mis- only make every mistake once. The Metaverse Podcast is supported by listeners like you. If you like what the podcast is all about, then go to patreon.com forward slash Metaverse Podcast. You become a patron of the show, and I'll keep giving you the business of the games business. Hey everybody, welcome to part two of the Kelly Ackerman interview. Today, Kelly and I talk about the big mistakes, the big wins, and a bunch of tools and resources you can use to build an awesome game store. Get ready to uh, get to know the duelist. So let's get started. Okay, so you've had the store open for uh, about a year now, right? A little over a year. Just over a year, yep. So what's the biggest mistake you made? Uh, what's the one thing you'd undo if you could? Yeah, so there's there's a couple. Okay. <laughs> um, and, uh, you know, with every mistake, there's opportunity, right? Mm-hmm. You know, the, the goal in business and, and life in general is to only, mis- only make every mistake once, right? So... Um, one of the things I did that I, 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 I really, um, I didn't understand the implications of was from the beginning, we tried to do too many things. Um, so, and, and I, and hear me out on this because diversification in business is important, but I was trying to. Uh, I was trying to get too many different audiences in the store and we were doing this thing where we were doing magic really well. We were running good tournaments. We were selling lots of cards. We were providing a great experience for the players. Um, and But then we sort of reached out to all these other groups. Like we, we got D&D running. We, got, we have a big free play board game library. We were trying to promote board gaming. We were trying to get Dice Masters organized play off the ground, Attack Wing, X-Wing, um, like all these different sort of audiences. Um, and we kind of did some of them a disservice because we weren't, real, we weren't properly set up and we didn't really understand. I didn't really understand what I was, I was getting them into. And, and we sort of, uh, we, we provided sort of a, poor customer experience a couple times where people would come and we wouldn't be set up properly or we we would have double booked the store like there was one time we had a uh, a super big magic tournament on the same day as D&D and it just so happened that was the day that like everyone showed up for D&D and we actually like had we we turned people away from both the magic tournament and the D&D tables because we just didn't have the physical space for it mm-hmm. uh, and so I, I would say managing, uh, managing your growth and setting realistic expectations uh, is really, really important. Um, 
I had like all this gas of like, we're going to do everything. We're going to be the greatest at all of it. And in doing so, we kind of, kind of fell on our face a bit. Um, so we, we, I, so once I saw this was happening, we started paring back a bit. Uh, we, we, we stopped running Vanguard tournaments. Vanguard was the other CCG we were doing. We got out of Vanguard singles. Um, we, we cleaned up the D and D a bit where, you know, I got an extra person in, you know, I had some like regular dungeon masters who were running things and doing a pretty good job of that. But I put someone in charge of sort of organizing the whole program, not just running the individual tables, but, you know, sending out emails in advance, getting people to RSVP, you know, like having a more involved communication between the, the D&D players and, and sort of trying to understand what they wanted and needed. So that, that that's been a lot better since then uh and then the free play board games we've just trimmed it back we've stopped trying to be a board game cafe quite so much because we're really not like if 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 a family shows up on a sunday afternoon to play board games when we're having our our you know our modern sunday showdown that's 50 50 players plus you know five tables of dungeons and dragons at five players each there just isn't room. Like, mm-hmm. you know, it's great that a family wants to come in and play board games, but we actually can't help you right now um, because we don't we don't have the space, you know. Um, and so we've we've stopped pushing on all that other stuff. Uh, I would say that's sort of uh, the biggest mistake is sort of overextending. Yeah, spread yourself too thin at the beginning. Yeah. Yeah, and, and and honestly, I say the beginning, but some of these things are things we're just getting around to now, like realizing that actually, if, if we if we pull back a bit, we'll we'll do better. Uh, uh, you know, the cafe we you know we got this cafe going, and again, that was another thing. I had all these like grand dreams of like, oh, we're gonna have all these things on the menu and yada yada. And at the beginning, we were doing specials every day and all this, and then it's like, you know what? Now we've now we've got the menu down to three items. You can get the club sam, the behemoth club sandwich, a chicken bacon Caesar wrap, a burrito. That's it. And then we do nachos, and and bagels. And that's it. You know, like super simple menu. We make lemonade, an iced tea, and we sell cans of Coke. You know, and that's it. Super super simple. And that has been way more successful than when we were trying to do fifteen different things in the cafe and. And and just have four things that are amazing, and and people keep coming back for that. Um, so do do what you do well. I would say that's you know, uh, and and grow slowly or grow steadily. Um, uh, that's yeah. There there. Cool. Yeah. No, that's a good answer. That's great. That's, uh, that sounds like good advice. Yeah yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah, I like the way that sounds. Yeah, exactly. All right, so what the, how about the flip side? What's the biggest success, like your, your big win? What's, uh, what's the thing you're most proud of so far? Um, the, so a, a kid comes into the store with his mom, and he's like, hey, uh, this store is pretty cool. I like this store. I'm like, yeah, that's cool. I like this store too, man. <laughs> he's like, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I'm not from here. I'm just visiting my family. I wanted to come to a magic store. So I Googled cool magic store. 
and you guys came up. You're the first. You're the top of the list. Cool. So I think <laughs> that's like the biggest achievement. If you Google cool magic store in the city of Toronto, we come up. Uh, <laughs> that's a very interesting way to be found. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I never would have Googled cool magic store in Toronto, but apparently it's us. Um, but I, I think that's like, uh, you know, it's a silly anecdote, but I think that's indicative of something that I am actually really proud of, and, and that is a big success. It's just uh, we put a lot of emphasis on customer experience and, and making sure that the people in the store are having a good time and are treated well and are treating each other really well, that's really important. And we put a lot of emphasis on that, like when players start shit-talking each other and all that. Mm-hmm. Keep that to a minimum. Uh, we've got a swear jar because we you know, we got kids around a lot. So, uh, you know, Magic players often have foul mouths. Um, but as soon as you, you know, in a sort of joking way, say like, hey, guys, you know what? Uh, we got a swear jar, so you're in for 50 cents or, or a bulk rare, um, you know. And just sort of point out that, you know, we do have kids and we, we try to promote like a family experience here. People rise to that. You know, people are like, oh, oh, yeah. Yeah, this little fucker probably doesn't want to hear me cursing and swearing all the time. Like, oh, yeah, I should watch my mouth. All right, cool. Fair point. Uh, and and, and uh, magic, you know, people in general rise to the occasion. So um, so just being good, good to players good to each other good to staff uh just just be good to people um that's that's been really really good sweet i guess that also kind of qualifies as a a great customer story too then ah yeah yeah that's uh there's other good customer stories what's another good customer story hit me give me give me your best all right all right we'll come back to that one I'll, i'll i'll brainstorm okay because we've had some uh, some interesting ones. Sometimes they're not also uh, like good experiences. Sometimes they've they've been yeah, uh, yeah. just like bizarre or uh, or even terrible in some sorts of, some I'll, circumstances. You know what? I'll I'll actually talk about you know. Uh, there's this kid Spencer, uh, and Spencer's a twelve. I think he just turned twelve. Um, and he started hanging out. He started showing up. So on on Friday nights we do a bunch of stuff. We do a 4 p.m. standard for, like, kids. We started that one up when, like, some of the Apprentice League kids, like, started getting real decks together. Um, so we started up Apprentice League. Uh, or we started up 4 p.m. standard on Fridays for them. And then uh, we we do our 7 p.m. standard and 7 p.m. legacy. So that's those are, like, our big events, our main events. Um, and then we do a late-night draft. So the late-night draft starts at 1030. Which that's is pretty a late, late draft. Yeah, it is the late night draft. We have people who play FNM at other stores and then come here for the late night draft because they just can't stop playing Magic. I understand. <laughs> and uh, and so the late night drafts, like you know, usually like twelve to twenty people, depending on the week. I'm sure first couple weeks of BF said it'll be like thirty five, but whatever. Um, but this kid Spencer started showing up for the late night draft. His dad would drop him off at ten o'clock, and he would draft with us, and then. He would, you know, his dad would pick him up at 2.30 in the morning or whenever we finish. And I asked him, I was like, Spencer, like, why do you stay so late? Like, why don't you come play Magic on Saturday afternoon? He's like, ah, you know what? I, uh, if I go home, I just stay up till 5 in the morning playing video games. So I actually like coming and hanging out and playing Magic with real people instead. 
<laughs> all right, th- that's cool. That's cool. I can support that. His dad's like, yeah, man, he's into it. Whatever. Cool. I got no problem. That's a good so, dad. Yeah, yeah. Any dad willing to pick up their kid every Friday night at two thirty in the morning is—he's uh, a winner. So, um, but Spencer is just the sweetest, most gentile human being you can possibly imagine. He's such a nice guy. He started. He he would go o three in draft every single draft with a smile on his face, and he would be so excited to tell me about how he almost won a game. Uh, you know. He always built like wacky decks. He was like, you know, I, I was, I decided this week I was gonna play female in my deck, so I was only gonna play girl cards. So I <laughs> drafted like green, white, gr- girl creatures. Like what? Like that doesn't even. No, that even is a deck sense. restriction. Yeah, like okay, cool, man. And then and then he started playing. Then he started coming for legacy. He built himself a legacy deck. He decided he was gonna play legacy <laughs> reanimated. <laughs> And he's got like you know how everyone built that reanimator deck at one point in your magic career. You figured out like oh I can bring big fat creatures back from the dead. I can discard them and then cheat them into play. So he's got like yeah exactly like but you know he's he's a kid. He doesn't have like a real budget. So he's got like this super budget reanimator list. So we're all you know all the staff are trying to help him out like find the best budget options. He's just getting demolished every single time. But like. He came up to me so excited. He's like, Kelly, Kelly, guess what? I got Iona into play. I'm like, whoa, that's awesome. He's like, yeah. He was playing two colors, so he just killed it the next turn. But I got her into play. <laughs> it was so exciting. Wow, that's awesome, man. And just, just like an uncrushable spirit. Um, I had the pleasure of getting him to help us out all summer. Uh, you know, he would build, assemble our treasure troves, and, you know, he would sort sort the basic land and just sort of general help around the store um and his dad was like yeah you put him to work go for it why not he wants to you know i paid him his store credit and stuff like you know just just a good kid just so you know that's um uh and that yeah he's 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 like the good angel in the store and if i have to pick a kid to be the opposite of that to be like the the, the the little devil on the other shoulder. I'll I'll pick Josh Bullock because he's Josh is like he's got like a YouTube channel. He loves trolling people. He <laughs> trolls all the staff all the time. Uh, he he's got like a ten minute video on his YouTube channel of him eating a Subway sandwich. He's like reviewing <laughs> he's reviewing a six inch sub, and it's just like the most absurd thing. I stopped three minutes in because I was like, "You're trolling me right now. You made this video." Put it up here, and then you got me to watch it because I want to support you because you're a kid who's 12 who's doing cool stuff on the internet. But this whole thing is like a metagame troll. I quit. Yeah. Uh, uh, Josh I like this Bullock, kid. Yeah, he, he is, he's a character. He's, he's totally a character. Um, so he's, he's, the, he's the other side. He's like witty and funny and ridiculous. Uh, and he's got like a real reputation in, in the store now for being like, the he, he's he's smart beyond his years. He's he's uh, he's he's definitely got a good head on his shoulders. I like Josh. Nice shout out to those two kids. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah, <laughs> sounds like you've got some really nice customers. We do. Uh, I also am am being reminded by <laughs> Graham, who's here doing some late night work, that we also had another customer that I. I don't think we've seen the last of him. I will tell this story because this is ridiculous. So this guy, 
he he showed up, asked if we had any Yu-Gi-Oh stuff. He was like sort of a, an odd guy. You could tell just from the first day he walked in, sort of carried himself a little strange and wouldn't really talk to anyone. He just he came in, sat down on the couch because we got couches, and he just sort of like hung out in the couch, arms crossed, sort of like staring intently across the room. Just sat there. Okay. Backpack. And at one point, I sort of like noticed him, and I'm like, oh, okay, he seems to be doing his thing, sure. Um, at some point, he took a Yu-Gi-Oh deck out of his backpack and placed it on the table in front of him, and then went back to like arms crossed, staring intently across the room. So I sort of, you know, went over to him and said, hey, bud, is there anything I can help you with? You know, you, uh, look for anything. It's like, I'm just waiting for duelists. <laughs> okay. Um, okay. Uh, well, I, I, you know what? Unfortunately, we don't really have very many people who play Yu-Gi-Oh here. So, you know, you might be waiting for a while. Haha, <laughs> you know. Yeah. He says, no, no, he's coming. He's coming. I will, I will battle him. Um, all right, you're clearly experiencing some mental health issues, but cool. So the more we got to know Yu-Gi-Oh guys, uh, the duelist, as, as, we, as we named him, he would come and go. But uh, he, he was just convinced that he was in an episode of Yu-Gi-Oh, as far as I can tell. Um, and, Did his opponent and, ever show up? Uh, nope. Sometimes he would be his own opponent. Like sometimes he would take out a second deck and then like play both sides. Huh. Um, and then sometimes he would like, this is usually at the point in the day where I would have to ask him to leave. He would start like doing karate and like pretending he had a sword and like, a, you know, attacking phantom people with this phantom sword in the store. And like, uh, you know what? We're going to have to cut you off there. We're, we're done for the day. There's no duelist coming. Out you go. We'll see you again another time. And he's gone through... Uh, you know, it sort of started escalating to the point where I sort of decided, like, yeah, I'm going to have to ban you. Like, I'm going to have to give you the heap-ho. You're not really hurting anyone. But you're, but you're making make, some of the other people feel weird. People, yeah, you're making people really uncomfortable. And, you know, he would, like, he was, like, a close watcher. He would, like, just sort of hover over people's matches. People would be like, like uh, what's this guy doing hovering here? And then, you know, like a family would come in to play board games and he would sort of like hover over their board game and they'd be like, uh, who is this guy? Mm -hmm. So I was like, you know what? No, it's, it's time to take a, take a vacation. And so I, uh, I said, hey, you, you know, unfortunately, I'm going to have to remove you from the store and I'm going to ask you not to come back for, for a month. He would put his feet up on the couch too. And that was sort of, you know, yeah. my thing. I, that was That was what I could point out. It'd be like, I said, you know what, I've asked you a bunch of times not to put your feet on the couch, not to sleep here, because it's the thing you would fall asleep on the couch sometimes. Bah. And I was like, yeah, you, you can't do that here. I've asked you not to. You, you keep doing it, so I'm going to kick you out for a month. He's like, oh, come on. And I was like, nope, I'm sorry. I'm not budging on this one. And I was like, ah, oh, okay. So he leaves. Two days later, he comes back, and he's, I, I come into the store, and I see him sitting, like, watching a match. And at least he's sitting now, not hovering but i go up to him and i say hey you know remember i i asked you not to leave and i said you you weren't allowed back until february and it's still still december so i'm you know and he says to me he says can't one have mercy in his heart <laughs> and i said um yeah i got a lot of mercy uh but that's nothing to do with this you're gonna have to go and he's like ah and he sort of slumps his, 
his hand, his head into his hand, and he stands up and he says, my dueling days are done. And he gets his backpack and he like triumphantly like, or like marches out. But it was, it was just like it would happen in an episode of Yu-Gi-Oh! <laughs> Except it was real life, you know? He's been back a couple times since, but he's, he doesn't spend as much time here as he used to. Tony he, oh, he called he called about a week after the second uh, after the after his dueling days were done. He called and he's got a very distinctive voice, so I could tell it was him right away. He asked if there was any duelists in the arena. Are there any duelists in the arena? <laughs> and I said, Nope, there's no duelists in the arena. And remember, I asked you not to come back for a long time. He says, What? No, no, that's not me. That's my brother. And I was like, no, that's not your brother. That's you. And he's like, no, no, that's my brother. He's a son of a bitch. Don't let him in. <laughs> <laughs> this guy's awesome. Yeah, he's, he's, yeah, he's awesome. I can understand why you'd be like, nah, I don't really want you in my store. Yeah, but he makes he, a hell of a story, too. He makes a hell of a story. You know, he's kind of a local celebrity now. Every once in a while, he'll come in. Just, you know, he comes in randomly and buys, like, two Vanguard packs and then leaves. Because, you know, he's learned that he's not really welcome, but he still likes to show up, I guess. So, but, but people who now know will like, will be like, Hey, look, 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 there's Yu-Gi-Oh guy. There, there, there's the duelist. There's the duelist. So he's kind of a bit of a legend now. Nice. So maybe I'm sure he feels you, great about that. I'm sure that's exactly what he wanted. Yeah, it, it probably is. A know. legend in his own right. Yep. So yeah, those are my, those are my, those are my customer stories. <laughs> those are pretty good ones. Pretty good ones. I think, uh. Being in a big city like Toronto, you get all kinds. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You get both sides of the uh, spectrum. You get the good and the, the, the wacky. Every, every game, if someone com- someone could compose uh, like a like a monster's manual, like a Dungeons <laughs> & Dragons style's monster's manual of the like weirdos who frequent game stores. Because every game store has one. And like we love our weirdos because we're all a little bit weird, right? But these these people need to be documented, you know. Like some of the, and, and I feel like each of them they could have a profile with like their special abilities and their like special weaknesses and like what level monster they are. And yeah, I, I, someone should do this. That sounds like fun. I might actually take that up. <laughs> <laughs> if you hear enough crazy stories, yeah, maybe you you can be the one assembling the the book. Uh, I've, I've heard my share. It could even be like, uh, for those who played D&D way back in the day, the Monster's Manual used to be like a, just a, a binder you would, you would buy. And then you would get like a weekly or a monthly mail out of like, in, like new pages that you would put into the three ring binder of like the new monster. Maybe it could be like that. It could be like a subscription thing. This, this <laughs> might be good. Yeah, that sounds pretty sweet, actually. <laughs> uh, okay, okay. So serious stuff. Uh, right. I wanted to ask, uh, what do you do for uh, prize structure? Like you, you run a lot of tournaments. Do you do yep. top heavy stuff, or is it uh, a mix of top heavy slash casual tournaments? Like what's the uh, what's the build? Uh, we do a little bit of everything. Um, for for people just starting out, or for like we we run Magic literally seven days a week. So. There's there's room in our schedule for both top heavy and uh, and super casual. Like uh, you know, apprentice league is free to enter. There's no tournament structure. You just play magic, and then everyone who played magic gets a prize. 
the prize is nine times out of ten a bulk rare that you know it's ten cent rare um, sometimes when I'm feeling nice you know I'll give out spin down d20s or, or whatever that we've got laying around but it's you know that's that's the one end of the spectrum and then you know in the middle we do you know for FM we do five dollar entry for standard ten dollar entry for legacy um, and then the the standard just pays out store credit um, you know we we one thing I'm a huge advocate of and I encourage everyone to do this for all your your weekly Swiss events like events that are just four rounds no top eight like you know we just play four rounds and then we go home pay out your prizes based on record not standing okay um, so so everyone who goes three one gets the same number of prizes same same either whether it's packs or store credit or whatever everyone three one gets the same thing um, because it, it, when you pay based on standings usually the guy in second place who's getting you know six packs or, or twenty dollars store credit or whatever it has the won the exact same number of matches as the guy in fifth place who's literally getting nothing and it just feel bad so I, I used to do it that way and then I had one guy go fifth place four weeks in a row and on the fourth week he was like come on man like this is bullshit like i i went three one literally every week for the last month and i i have nothing to show for it and i was like yeah you know what that is bull like that's ridiculous let's come up with a new system so um but the thing we do is we say that the four o's get twice as much prize as three ones so like we we split the prize pool into pots uh, shares and we say Four O's get two shares, three ones get one share. So there's still an incentive for people to do their best and go four O, but uh, but it's not as arbitrary as well. Yeah, I, I got screwed on breakers, so I okay. got the shaft. Um, and then uh, and then the top heavy stuff. So we our our F and M Legacy will give away dual lands and stuff like that, um, and that's that's totally a loss leader of that's very top heavy. Um, yeah, but it's 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 still the three ones still get credit. Uh, the three ones will still get the one share of the pot. We just replace the the two shares of the pot the four O would get with something crazy like a dual land. Gotcha. Um, and that's usually uh, it does it creates some logistical challenges and it does lead to feel bads once in a while because of you know sometimes our legacy F and M is. Uh, you know, it's often as big as 32 players, sometimes as big as like 40, which means we can have four, three, you know, two or three people at 4-0 at the end of the night. Mm-hmm. And and I, I, I only want to give away one underground C. Like, I'm a, I'm a nice guy, but I'm not giving away underground Cs for everyone at 4-0. That's, so can't what do you do? do? That. So then, then we just random it, um, which is the only fair way to do it. And it, it it's not bribery or collusion or gambling. Uh, we don't have to DQ anyone for it because it's, it's, because of the way the the prizes works out, but um, but the we we say you know yeah the f- one one lucky person's gonna get the gonna get the the underground sea and then you know I'll I'll throw some scrublands in for the other two folk or whatever you know just something so they still get something cool might not be as cool an underground sea but it's still something sweet. Um, and uh, and that that's worked out pretty well. People like coming out for the big prize, 
you know, we've got people who call every week, like, hey, what's what's the prize for Big Big Modern on Thursdays and, and Friday Legacy this week? You know, because we do that, we do it for Legacy or uh, for Modern on Thursdays as well. Like, we'll give away a, a Dark Confidant or a, Bo- a Click or a Goyf or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, people like that, like, ooh, I could win a this random big thing. And from a from a store owner's perspective, I mean, you got it at buy list, so it doesn't. It's you know, yeah, it's not yeah, straight up. And what you tell for retail, we're still but. like losing money on it overall, but it's it's uh, it gets people in the store, and people here at least really like it. Uh, you know, we we'll get over forty people for Thursday night uh, modern, and we and we have noticed a direct correlation between like, hey, the prize is really sweet this week, uh, so lots of people show up, and then like the week we gave out foil emerald, people were like, yawn, don't care, you know. Uh, um, so not people still showed up, but not as many. Um, and, and as long as you're using social media and your other avenues of promotion to like make people aware when you're giving away really sweet stuff, um, it, it's, it, it, it usually pays off. So put a bit of work into it, get a lot of people out for events. It's a great way to like kickstart a program too. Like when we first opened, we did, uh, we did five days of fetches where we ran, Monday through Friday, we ran our, you know, our, our weekly schedule every night. You know, Monday was standard, Tuesday was draft or what, whatever. Um, and we just gave, they were all free and we gave away a fetch land to, uh, every night um, to one of the players. So it's, it was a good gimmick to like fill the store our first week open. Like we were packed every, every single night. So Which is pretty important when you're opening up. Exactly, exactly. And, and it's not always opening. But anytime you're like launching a new night, like a, hey, you know, we're gonna start running modern on Wednesdays or whatever. We haven't done that before. Do something big. Do something splashy for the first week, because especially with Magic tournaments, the thing I've learned is if if you don't get the ball rolling right away out of the gate, it's really really hard to gain the momentum. Because if you if you throw a new night like hey, we're gonna draft on on Tuesday. We never drafted on Tuesday, so everyone come out for draft on Tuesday. And if you don't really push it, you're going to get four people to show up for draft. Mm-hmm. And those people are going to go, well, this sucks. We can't really draft with four. Like, or, or okay, yeah, I guess we'll do like a four-person team draft thing. But it kind of sucks. Yeah. So, and it's, it's you can give them the best experience. But if there's just not the people there, there's nothing you can do about that, right? Or, yeah, so, and, and then maybe they don't come back the next week. And you have a different four people who yeah. show up. And then yeah, they, it's they the have critical the mass center. you need but to achieve. You, yeah, exactly. You do something big. You get twelve people there the first week, and boom. Then they're then they're all going to come back, and they're all going to bring their friends. And and if you get that going hard and fast out of the gate, you're going to have a lot of success. So, um, the last thing we do, and this is something that not certainly not everything not everyone can do. Uh, we started a program at the beginning of the summer that we called the Sunday Showdowns, um, and I, I sort of looked at our numbers and I realized that Sunday, we didn't have any, we had like tiny leaders running on Sundays, but I was getting like, you know, three people or whatever because it's tiny leaders and that, yeah. that doesn't actually exist. Um, but, uh, and, and then we had like the D&D and, you know, we randomly have board games or birthday parties or whatever, but there wasn't really magic going on in any meaningful way on Sundays. So I said, you know what, let's do a, let's, we got to fill the house and especially for us, because we have a cafe, and the cafe has fixed built-in expenses, right? Like, I need to pay someone to be there, whether they're making 
one behemoth in a day or 20, right? I, mm -hmm. I got to pay somebody to run that cafe. So it's really, really important that the store be full of people and that, that, that people stay there, stay in the store for long enough to get hungry and want to eat something. Um, so we started the Sunday showdown program and it has, it was, it, it has been awesome. So what we did is we said every Sunday, $20 entry, $1,000 prize pool, rotating formats. Um, so it's, it's modern about twice a week. It's, or twice a month. It's standard once a month and legacy once a month. Um, and then, uh, and it's, it's, it's definitely a loss leader as well of like our first standard one, I think 14 people showed up. So you can do the math, 14 people mm -hmm. at $20 a head, <laughs> giving away a thousand dollars in prizes was definitely a hit, but I'm sure those 14 people were very happy. Exactly. And you know what? They told everyone I went to the Sunday showdown. I crushed it. I top eight no problem. We all split <laughs> top four. I got 200 bucks in store credit. It was sweet. And then you know what? Then the next standard one, there was 25 people because everyone wanted to come get that sweet, juicy prize pool. Um, and then the modern's crazy in Toronto. So modern, we get like 40 people, no problem, right? Um, I think the first the first one we did was modern, and we had 58 players, and it was like holy smokes. Um, so you know, um, so it, again, it's uh, and you know, not I'm not saying everyone should do one Ks every Sunday, but what I will say is come up with a system think it out think of a structure that's going to work for you and going to work for your players and then and then stick to it when when you know you do a big push you know like i said you, you do something big and splashy you tell everyone to come out you get those you know 15 people out for your f&m um or whatever and and then you know a couple weeks go by and it kind of dwindles or maybe there's bad weather don't give up on it right away like you got to keep being innovative, being creative in terms of what you're giving away or who you're telling, um, but stick with a schedule because if you flip flop all the time, people get confused. People, you know, people who haven't been in a long time show up on a night that used to be draft. And now you're playing standard because you switched it, and then they go home unhappy. Like, mm -hmm. just come up with this. You know, don't be afraid to change things if it's really not working. But if, if there's no reason it shouldn't be working, maybe you just need to tell more people. Maybe you need to tell, like, the right people. You know, like, especially in the legacy community, uh, the legacy community has, like, ringers uh, in, in Toronto where there's, like, these known people who are, like, the legacy end bosses who've been playing legacy forever and they know everyone and everyone kind of likes them. They're cool guys. If you tell, like, three of those important legacy people, they'll tell everybody else for you. <laughs> and and they'll make the community show up and i that's the legacy community here other places it might be different but um but i found sometimes just telling the right people and making sure the right people show up is is enough um so so i and i would say overall for tournament prize structure uh oh that's what we were talking about prize structure <laughs> yeah uh, anyway make people show up to your tournament give them cool stuff and then everyone will be happy and stay consistent if you can yeah, yeah, the consistency's you know it, more important than than I gave it credit for. Um, and I knew the Sunday showdowns by by the time we started that. I think we started at the beginning of July. That I'd, I'd sort of been doing it. I'd seen it for long enough now that I knew if we just came up with a plan and stuck to it, long term it would pay off. And and it hasn't even been that long, and it's really paying off. Like 
on on average, we're getting 40 people out, which means I'm taking in $800 in entry fees and paying out $1,000 in store credit prizes. And every every business owner will be happy with that. You know, if somebody walked in with 800 bucks and said, "Hey, I want to spend $800. Will you give me $1,000 worth of stuff?" You'd probably say yes. Hey, you know, they're they're in the store. They're spending money on food and drinks for us. Like they're buying packs. They're rebuilding their legacy deck. Like you know, some of our best trade days ever because trades are obviously huge for anyone that does singles. They mm-hmm. know that. Some of our best trade days have been Sunday showdowns. Um, just because people show up, they're like, "Yeah, yeah, I played this deck. Freaking hate this deck now. Screw it. I'm you know trade in my whole foil splinter twin deck. Let's build." ad nauseum because that deck's way better or whatever you know like trading's good and and the more magic people play in your store the more they're going to trade with you you know um so yeah 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 no i was actually uh i was curious about that so was the uh the loss leader structure was that like that was the plan all the time you wanted to get to that point where you had the 40 plus people for your sunday showdown yeah the sunday showdowns i sort of i i said you know what like as long as we're getting at least 25 on average out of the gate, I, you know, we're losing a ton of money at that point. As long as, you know, six months from now, we're, we're getting 40, 40 to 50 people, I'll be happy. And, you know, it's been three months and that's what we're getting. So um, I'm happy with it. And, and, and it, it took some patience and it took a couple painful weeks of like, oh, yep, all right, we're really... We're eating it this week, but you know what? Overall, it's been it's been really good, and and it's something that people now count on. We've got people. the The other thing it sort of accidentally did that I didn't realize is it's gotten people to cross over into formats. Hmm. Uh, there's been these modern players who are like diehard modern players, and they're like, "Oh man, you know what? I really, you know, I've been thinking about getting into Legacy, and you know what? That you know." The legacy showdown's coming up, so you know what? Screw it. I'll just build a, a budget legacy deck just because I really I think legacy's cool. And it's it's gotten people to step down into standard too. All these modern players have said, you know what? Ah, there's a, there's enough nights of the week I, I would come, and you know these these showdowns are a standard tournament worth playing for. Especially as the standard ones were the small ones when we first started. People were like, ah, oh, yeah, I can pay for my whole standard deck as long as I win. You know, like, yeah. buy a whole deck, and as long as I win out, then I've paid for the whole thing, you know? Um, so, um, so it's, and that's been a really, really positive side effect for, for the business, is the more different kinds of magic people are playing, the the the, the better off it's, uh, your, your business is going to do, you know? And, and then the more time they can spend here, right? We've got a handful of people now who literally just show up every Sunday, and they just bring three decks. Right? They don't even know what format it is. <laughs> but they bring it all, you know, like, yeah, what are we playing today? Standard? Okay, cool. Yeah, I'm in. Um, and, uh, and that's, that's, that's been really cool. So, yeah, I can see why that would appeal to a magic player because the value, right? It's just no mm-hmm. matter what, this is a great tournament to play in. Exactly. Even if you don't necessarily it's, do great every week, but if you could consistently do well, that's a, that's a great event to play in. And it's, it's become part of people's routine, right? The same way yeah. FNM has for these people now, it's, it's Sunday showdowns. You know, they just show up n- knowing they're going to play Magic and have a good time, you know, and, and that, that's a great way to spend a Sunday for a lot of them. Um, and, and I specifically chose Sundays. Like, normally people think of Saturday as the big tournament day, mm-hmm. and that's exactly why I chose Sunday. Because especially in a, in a big area like Toronto, 
there's always some big tournament on a Saturday, whether it's a PPTQ at a neighboring store, or we're running a Mana Deprived Super Series event, or, you know, a 5K put on at some convention or whatever. The big tournament is always Saturday. And that meant that I could comfortably schedule something every Sunday and know I'm not going to get screwed too hard by it. Um, I, you know, there's not going to be something better to do on a Sunday or maybe there is, but not nearly as often as it would be if it was a Saturday, you know? Yeah. Um, and, and that goes right along with not competing with, with your neighbors of, of plan things accordingly, even though Sunday is typically a lower day for attendance. I picked it because overall there would be less competition. Yeah. So it makes sense given the local yeah. area. And, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And I'm, I'm sure the uh, other stores probably appreciate it. Yeah, yeah, like, exactly. It's, and and we post our schedule of what formats it is and stuff like that. So there have been times people schedule over top of it. But if they're paying attention, they just say, you know what? Face is doing Legacy on the Sunday showdown this week. So I can host a big standard tournament on on Sunday. And, and it won't matter, right? Because yeah, it might not necessarily cross over as bad. We had one big scheduling snafu where we scheduled a modern Sunday showdown on the same day as a modern PPTQ, and and that that sucked. Uh, mm. That that one was not. That was the only time modern's been less than forty. I think we only had like twelve people for that. <laughs> <laughs> it was like, ugh. Uh, but you know, live and learn, right? It, you know, pay pay more attention. You know, one thing a, a great resource that I've built is I have a Google Doc. That is a calendar of, well, it started as all of 2015. Now I've got another one for 2016. And it, it just has every weekend blocked out all the way through. Has all of the big tournaments we're running. Has I, I put in Grand Prix. I put in other local stores doing PPTQs and stuff like that. And so we just have a schedule that we can use of, hey, man, is there is there anything going on on this particular day like is there a reason i shouldn't schedule a big tournament this day like oh yeah our neighbor you know 401 games is doing a pptq that day maybe i should do you know maybe we should do x-wing that day instead of magic you know or whatever um just taking advantage of uh you know that's been an invaluable resource uh just having all that information in one place because if you just rely on like hunting down Facebook events and stuff like that of like, oh, well, let's see what's coming up in my Facebook feed. Uh, you're yeah, gonna not always it. reliable. Yeah, you're going to miss it uh, or things are going to change and you're not going to notice or whatever. So do you, if, if you're an organizer of any kind, uh, there's a website for a while. I don't know if it's still going on MTG Mom. I don't know if she's still doing her thing, but she would do like all the SCG opens, all the GPs. So you could go on this website and see she just had a calendar of like big stuff happening. Um, and so you could sort of see like, oh, there's like a super IQ, a town over from us. It, it wasn't as relevant for Canadians because yeah. there wasn't as much big Canadian stuff happening. But I can't imagine if like for, for US Magic players, it must have been the ball. I don't know if she's still doing it. Uh, maybe. But, I don't know. Yeah. Also, don't know being Canadian never really made use of it. But that's a, a great idea, generally speaking. Yeah. The calendar, if, uh, yeah. if you run in a shop, that seems like a great resource. Yep. Uh, often, like, uh, like Facebook, we we the all the local Toronto folk have. Uh, are you from Toronto? I didn't know you were Canadian. Where are uh, you from? Kitchener, Ontario, actually. Oh, sweet! Everyone in the Kitchener gang. Oh, cool. Hey, yep. right on, neighbors. Yeah. Um, 
but uh, the, all the Ontario TOs, we've we sort of started like a secret Facebook group uh, that's just either either store owners or whoever does the scheduling at the stores, and then like a couple of like the independent TOs that sort of run their own things once in a while. Mm-hmm. Um, they're all in this Facebook group, uh, and we've started using it for PPTQ scheduling and. We use it to like, hey, this is when I'm doing a super big tournament. You know, if possible, stay off the stay off the day. Um, and it's been a really good communication tool uh, for for. And it lets us sort of flush out our PPTQ schedule for Southern Ontario before we make it public. And so we say like, hey, everyone, chime in. Like, when are you thinking of doing yours? And I do the same thing where I make like a bit of like a calendar in a web in a, in a Facebook post of like. These are these are all the weekends. Who's where? And we put fit everyone in, and we've actually resolved a number of big conflicts using that. Of like, oh man, I I am right close to you, and I was going to do it that weekend too. Uh, I'll pick. I'll do it on the Sunday. You do it on the Saturday or whatever. Um, and so I, I encourage people in other regions to to do that as well. Um, the other cool thing that we've used that Facebook group for is uh, is theft. Um, so when one store gets ripped off or one of their players gets ripped off or whatever, we just post in there be like, hey, someone has just had their EDH deck stolen. It has these foils, these altars. Keep your eyes out. And we've actually gotten a handful of, reco- you know, a handful of stuff that, that was stolen recovered because usually what thieves do is they'll steal from one store and then go sell it to another store, right? Mm-hmm. Um, because magic cards aren't money. So you got to sell it to somebody, um, and, and and often, the, especially if it's commander stuff or whatever, there's usually enough like cool foils or altars that a deck can be pretty identifiable. So it's it's been really really, it, it's only happened a couple times that we've used it for that, but it's been a great tool. So yeah, anything you can do to kind of reduce theft in the community is a exactly. really good idea because yep. that just sucks. Oh yeah. Yeah, totally. There was uh, at at the WMCQ a couple weeks ago. There was a, a theft that happened during the day, and Tony and Peter, two of my staff, who were there playing in the tournament. We didn't run that tournament. We were, but they were just there playing. Mm-hmm. They heard about this guy Raymond getting his deck ripped off, and they were like, "Dude, that sucks." And he's like, "What do I do?" And they were like, "Just tell everyone. Just start going and telling anyone who will listen what what deck it was, what the no- notable cards were." Just tell everyone. They told the organizers. They told the security. They started telling all the Magic players. And all of a sudden, everyone knew that this deck had been stolen. All the judges knew. Everyone And everyone was sort of like, sorry, man, I can't really help you. But at least they knew. And word got around. And then the deck showed up randomly tucked in a corner of the room. Interesting. And so clearly, you know, presumably what happened was the thief heard that everyone was talking about this deck with all these specific altars that had been stolen. And they looked at the deck and they said, I can't sell this now. Everyone knows this is stolen. So they got scared and they ditched it in a corner of the room where a judge found it and it got returned to its owner. So it, it was an example of just be a loud mouth to when, you know, tell people, use your network, use your community, help avoid theft. Nice. Happy ending. Yeah, yeah. It's so rare that that actually ends happily, but it did. Yay. Yeah, yeah. it kind of reminds me of the, the story of uh, the GP 
a couple of years ago where there was a ring of thieves stealing backpacks and like completely mm. organized and everything. And uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They ended up uh, like people started to notice and they got a little too cocky, I guess, and they ended up getting uh, literally taken down. Yeah, like tackled as they were trying yeah. to leave. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah. This game, this game is nuts, man. Yeah, well, like, well, there's just a ton of value in these things, so that's what's going to happen. Yeah. You're going to bring out yep. the uh, the not-so-savory elements when you've got yep. a lot of money rolling around. And, like, it's no, pretty it's pretty nuts when you think about, like, the the immense amount of value that some people bring in a tiny, like, four-by-three-inch deck box. Yeah. Like, you, you can be packing, like, three dollars $4,000 in one of these things, or oh, more no sometimes. Problem. Yeah, if, if you have a non-foil legacy deck, you're packing three dollars $4,000. If you've got like some tweaked out blingy EDH deck, like oh man, we we could be talking tens of thousands of dollars. Like deck magic cards are ridiculous. This game is nuts. Yeah. Everyone go buy cards. Everyone go buy cards. Absolutely. <laughs> okay, so uh, geez. uh we were talking about resources. Uh, let's go into that. What uh, resources would you recommend for someone who wanted to get started? Like someone who hasn't had a doesn't have a game store yet, but you know, like oh okay. The, they're planning on it. They're in motion. Yeah, what would you yeah. tell them to have? What would you? What would your advice to them be? Full disclaimer: This is getting long. People should feel free to stop listening at any time. I'm probably just rambling at this point. Uh, I'll probably <laughs> but, break this up into multiple yeah, parts, so yeah. make it a little bit more yeah. uh, digestible. Yeah, yeah. Sweet, sweet. Um, so yeah, get some clever editing in there. It'll be seamless. It'll look like we did like a whole month's worth of casting. Yeah. <laughs> um, but. Uh, uh, People just getting started, eh? Uh, man, uh, make sure you got a plan. Like, you know, when Sal talked to me at first, he was like, you know, I, I'm interested. Show me what you can do. Okay. Um, so, so then I started doing my homework. Started calling real estate agents. You know, like I, I, I had enough money personally to like because my dad. Had, some money away for me to go to college which i never did um so i used that money so i had some money i started calling real estate agents i you know i started going looking at places coming up with a plan like doing some math of like you know what furniture do i need what 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 do all these things cost like what's getting signage put up in front of your store cost all these things that i'd never done before i had no clue what i was doing just sort of like flying by the seat of my pants Mm-hmm. But 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 I had a plan. I'd never done it before, but I I thought critically about it, and I was honest with myself. Like, don't don't tell yourself something's only going to cost five grand if it's really going to cost ten, you know. And, and in your budgeting, make sure you've got an extra, you know, twenty percent for for the inevitable fuck ups, for the inevitable hidden expenses, for the. You know, the stuff you had no idea you were going to need to spend money on and then you had to spend money on it. Like, you know, mm. uh, it, have, have a plan. And and if you don't have the money, figure out how you're getting the money. Um, because, you, to be honest, you know, we built a pretty bare-bones game store with, like, you know, not a lot of stuff in it and, and just, like, walls and a floor and tables and chairs, and yeah, like we splurged, we got a couple couches, but you know, aside from that, I, we didn't really have a lot of expenses uh, to to get set up. I tried to keep it really lean. We didn't have the cafe up and running when we first opened, 
that was like a let's get the place set up worry about the cafe later because I knew that was going to be a giant money pit and I wanted money coming in the door before we really started putting money into that um, and and it was still more money than I thought it was going to be even with all my planning and it was still like shit just costs money <laughs> it sucks but it does like uh, so you got to be prepared for that um, and uh, try to do as much stuff as you can yourself uh like you are gonna work a lot like if if you think working 60 hours a week is too much then then owning a game store is probably not for you uh because you'll work way more than 60 hours a week um but also don't be afraid to name your weaknesses and one of my biggest assets as an employer and as as a business owner is that i know what i'm not good at and i didn't try to do this stuff that I wasn't good at. I outsourced when I needed to. Um, so, so for me, part of what that looked like was like the financials of, of singles. I, I knew I, that wasn't really my forte. That wasn't what I did before. My, my thing was tournaments. I, I ran good tournaments. I got people in the door. Um, and so, uh, but the financials of singles, market fluctuations, buy, sell prices, that, I didn't really know that. So I, I had Montreal. I teamed up with them, right? Like mm-hmm. they, they are already creating a buy list every week, you know? So I, I, that's part of our deal with them is we get access to the buy list and stuff, right? Um, and, uh, and, and, and that's, that's super important. And then also I employed some staff who are super good at that stuff too, um, so, so I, I, I took my weaknesses and found people who are strong at that and incorporated them into the, into the plan. Um, um, so I, I think that's, I think that's really important. Um, no, that's, that's great. That's excellent advice. Not many, uh, game store owners actually suggest outsourcing. Yeah, it, it's, and, and I, I, that's why I prefaced it with do as much as you can on your own but don't be afraid to name your weaknesses and and that should be things um that you should you should work all that out in planning like before you before you put any money down before you've done any you know before you're out any money figure out what you're going to need to outsource and what you can do yourself and uh and and just have that in in your in your mind so that you really understand that. Um, cause if you plan on doing a bunch of stuff yourself and then you're like, shit, I can't do this. I got to pay somebody else to do it. Uh, that's, that's going to bite you in the ass. Mm-hmm. And it's uh, what is your big hairy audacious goal for face to face Toronto? What, what's the, uh, what's the perfect like next six months to a year for you? Um, man. So, uh, a, a, one thing that ever since I ran that first PTQ, that first big PTQ, one thing I've wanted to do is host a Grand Prix. And as as some of you well know, the Montreal store was awarded Grand Prix Toronto 2016. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's like super exciting. Uh, there's so much work to do there because, you know, the biggest PTQ I could possibly imagine is a drop in the bucket compared to a Grand Prix. Um so the whole Montreal team's working on it, but they're also, you know, 
turning to me and the Toronto team here for advice and you know we all live here and stuff like that so there's stuff we can help out with too so that is like a big thing that's that's actually happening uh that i'm super excited about that's the the end of april beginning of may like the may uh, april 29th 30th and may 1st i think is the weekend 2016 um and we are gonna put all our steam into that um and and really really try to try to make it as amazing as we possibly can because the Grand Prix are always awesome and we want ours to stand out even above and beyond that so sweet uh, and so one thing we're, we're we're we are asking for feedback or suggestions or ideas we we're not promising anything but we want to hear what people want to see in a Grand Prix and I think that's a great discussion to have in the magic community is is what does a really kick-ass Grand Prix look like um, because as, as uniform as Grand Prix are in terms of prize structure and sort of the general feel of it often, there's so much diversity and, and some Grand Prix are amazing experiences and some are just miserable. Um, and so people have a lot of opinions about it. Lots of people who've been to several Grand Prix will tell you that some, you know, this is what you can do to make a good one. This is what sucks. So, so let, let us know. You know, send send some suggestions to Toronto at faceofacegames.com or or just hit us up on social media or whatever. And again, we can't promise anything, um, but we we want to make you know it's we we're not the ones playing magic all weekend, you know. So tell us what you want to do, and we'll, we'll try to we'll try our best to make it all happen. So awesome! That sounds really exciting. I will definitely yeah. block yeah. out that weekend and make sure to come down. Yes, totally totally do that we're we're going to do as much as we can to make it uh, an event worth coming to uh, uh and and in exchange we we ask people to come <laughs> seems fair so yeah so so that's that's my big goal for the next six months and it and it is almost exactly six months away mm-hmm. now seven months away so that's uh, i would say the, the big thing is to run a successful you know grand slam out of the park uh, awesome Grand Prix. So we'll see if we can make that happen. <laughs> I'm sure you'll do a great job. Oh, I hope so. Well, I believe in you. And uh, oh. I really appreciate the uh, the reach for the feedback. I think that's a, that's a great idea too. So yeah. hopefully yeah. we get some interesting ideas. Well, it, it works when I ran my first PTQ. Exactly. Um, so, was, uh, you know, I, I trust that people will chime in. There'll be a lot of people being like, I want the main free event. Free entry. $10. <laughs> And I want everyone to get a free box of Modern Masters, uh, uh, <laughs> but uh, and you know that request we might not be able to accommodate. But um, but you know what? There's there with with every outrageous claim, either positive or negative, or every every whiny, complainy Magic player. Um, there's a, there's a nugget of truth in that, you know. And and even you know Sir wines a lot. Who's the guy who's the prizes are never good enough, and the tournament always starts late, and this that and the other thing. There's always something you can draw from that, and I guess that's my my last sort of piece of parting, my my last nugget of parting wisdom is like, don't totally dismiss your complainers because your complainers are complaining for a reason, and even if they've taken it to an extreme. And even if it's not really reasonable what they're complaining about, they got started on that somehow. 
they found that you know and you should as a, as an organizer you should strive for perfection and you're never going to get there you're never going to be perfect you're never no one's ever going to run the perfect magic store or the perfect magic tournament or uh but but as long as your goal is always to run the perfect magic tournament and be the perfect magic store you will you'll strive for for greatness and you, and you will always try to improve and so even in that whiny guy there's still something to be learned there that's a so. uh, good advice you actually it's, stole that last little part that I was going to ask. What are your closing words? It's, uh, well, it's kind of that's, funny. That's it. That's it. Uh, it's, it's, uh, yeah, that's, I'll, I'll leave us with that. And you go off. That little one's probably going to be up half the night. So if you don't get down with her now, you'll you'll be up all night. You're, pro- <laughs> you're probably right. But uh, yep. so uh, as we're closing out, uh, if you know some listeners want to come and hang out with you at the store, where do they do? Where do they go? How do they reach uh, online? Yeah, totally. Uh, we are face-to-face games Toronto. Uh, we are at two zero seven seven A Danforth Avenue, which is just outside Woodbine Subway Station. For those who know Toronto, uh, you can reach us on social media. We are at F two F Toronto on Twitter. We are face-to-face games Toronto on Facebook, and uh, I think we've got an Instagram account that we throw pictures of Tony's food up on once in a while. So that's. That's probably something to do with face-to-face Toronto as well. Um, and, uh, and yeah, we come out, play Magic with us. Uh, the Manor Pride Super Series is, uh, is alive and well. Even if you're not from Toronto, we are coming to uh, a village or town near you if you're in Canada. So come out for that. Those are big, big tournaments that we run all across the country. So um, that's a way for you to connect with us, even if you're not local. Um, or you can always go to face-to-facegames.com and buy stuff uh, or manadeprived.com and read about stuff because that's that's where magic happens. That's where Canadian magic happens. That's right. We are, we have been told we are the home of Canadian magic. Yeah, I actually did a interview with KYT just yesterday. Talked oh, about talked about all all that fun stuff. So, oh man, that's awesome! So yeah. you you're you're getting the full uh, the full face experience. You did Montreal yesterday and Toronto today. Absolutely. That's awesome. Yeah. Cool. Well, all thanks right, fun. So, thanks a lot. For, thanks for having me, and uh, that was a pleasure. We'll uh, when I open another epic store, we'll do it all over again. That sounds great. <laughs> and uh, hopefully, I'll get a chance to say hi at GP Toronto. Yeah, come, if not earlier. Yeah, yeah. Come down anytime, man. Uh, you know, you're you're you you would be our guest if you can ever make it down. So let let me know when you're coming, and we'll do something fun. Awesome, sweet. Okay, well, I'll uh, let you get back to putting together some IKEA furniture. Awesome. Take Thanks. care, man. Thanks. Yeah, you too. Bye. Okay, I hope you enjoyed that interview with Kelly Ackerman. Thanks again, Kelly, for coming on the show and sharing your nuggets of wisdom with us. If you're in Toronto, you should definitely drop into Face to Face and see what Kelly's got going on. We really got the face-to-face package over the last few episodes. Don't forget to visit the home of Canadian Magic at manadeprived.com. And if you need some MTG singles, face-to-facegames.com is always a good option. If you're looking for more info on games to entrepreneurship and the Magic community, head over to manaversaga.com. Learn from some of the most successful LGSs in North America. And remember, the Manaverse podcast is supported by listeners like you. If you like what the podcast is all about, then go to patreon.com slash manaversepodcast. You become a patron of the show, and I'll keep giving you the business of the games business. As always, thanks for listening. I will talk to you next week.